0: hey welcome to another episode of g220 radio tonight we're going to be talking about i am not ashamed of the gospel and we got two brothers with us and we're going to have a great program tonight to encourage you to get out and evangelize And we are here on G220 Radio, and I'm looking for my overlays uh, because I am a little off here. Let me get that going. (laughs) All right. I am not ashamed of the gospel tonight. Episode number 498. I want to encourage you. We are just two episodes away. Two episodes away from our 500th episode You're going to want to tune in for that. We're going to be talking about Galatians 2.20, which is what G220 Radio is all about. It's G220 Ministries is all about Galatians 2.20. That's the verse that defines this ministry. A lot of people sometimes, they don't don't know what we mean when we say G220. But you know what's interesting? I was doing some work on the website, and I typed in G220, and I started to put ministry, And you know how like, when you're typing certain things, it automatically wants to jump for you? And it didn't go to ministries, but it said ministry, and I clicked it. There's an actual G220ministry.com that's um, almost close to us. We're G220ministries.com, but we've been around a little bit longer than those others. Uh, But uh, there are some others out there with G220ministries. Not that we own it. I mean, we're talking about Galatians 2.20, and uh, I mean been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives me in the life I now live. I live in Christ. So, Mike, how we doing, brother? Ma, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, You know what happened. I'm doing the show with the Rona, so it should be exciting. Not like it's um, just found out
1: Saturday that I got Corona. My symptoms have been very mild. I can't smell. It just smells like dust everywhere. I'm in a dusty house or something like that.
0: And yeah, I have a slight headache, but that's about it. So I always kind of tell people work. How are you feeling? I was like, well, if I didn't test positive, I'd be at work today. Like, that's just how I feel. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, it's affected people differently. We've known that, you know, um, some people have had it and they had very, very mild symptoms. Some people didn't even realize they had symptoms of anything. They just kind of brushed through it and then others, uh, it was worse. But uh, we would definitely continue to pray for you, pray for your household and those who are around you, your church as well. Uh, And and like I said, those around you and even, even those at your work, your job place. So, now, we're going to be talking about uh, evangelism, and i got a couple guests on here tonight. Uh, Ken has been with us before. Ken Heisel, he is going to join us here, as well as Joshua Payne for the first time on G220 uh, Radio. Ken, brother, uh, you've been on with us before. It is a pleasure to have you back with us uh, for those, it's been a while. We were talking a little bit before the show. I think the last time you were on, we were still on Blog Talk Radio. So maybe for the newer listeners who are tuning in for the first time, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about yourself, share your testimony, how you came to know the Lord with us, uh, and uh, how you got into evangelism.
1: All right. Well, you know, I I wasn't raised in a church. I was, if, you know, if you didn't drink and you know get. Well, I could use different words, but you know, if you didn't get yourself into trouble, you know, you didn't really fit in my family. And so, so, uh, you know, I wasn't raised in church or anything, but, uh, you know, early on in my early 20s, um, my, my, my mom wanted me to start going to church. So I started going to church just because mom wanted me to go to church. And, you know, um, so, uh, so I started going to church and, you know, repeated the prayer, did the baptism thing several times. And, and uh, just as didn't seem like things were really changing in my life, you know. I was like, a, you know, I was living in unrepentant sin, and you know, I just justify it, you know. I Je- you know Jesus knew that God knows my heart, and, but I knew something was wrong, and I knew that it couldn't be. Though what I did know is it couldn't be with the God of the universe bent in the palm of His hand. The problem had to be with me, and uh, so you know, I just uh, you know just cried out to God to show me what the problem was, and so. Uh, you know, making a long story you know short. Um, I was watching TVN one night, and I happened to see Ray Comfort and Kurt Cameron, and I thought, you know what? Wow, this is this is really an easy way to share the gospel with other people. So I wanted to share the gospel with others, and uh, you know, so that's what interested me in the way of the Master. And so, so I ordered it and and uh, you know uh, got it and sat down and I watched. From the first episode on, I just sit there and watched them all, all of the all of the seasons. And, you know, uh, I truly believe that that's what the Lord used. And I, I've talked to a lot of people over the years. That's been around 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of people had been affected in that way with the way of the master program. I, I mean, I didn't I'd never heard about God's judgment, you know, that his wrath abides upon all those who know not God you know, and, and obey not the gospel and, and, and this. And I was just blown completely away. What was missing was, is I didn't realize that God was angry with the unrepentant every day. The problem was, is it wasn't that I didn't know about God. I just didn't know God. Mm-hmm. And through that, you know, God got my attention. And and I, I you know, I, I told my wife, I said, look, we've got a, and I'm an introvert by nature. If, if I didn't drink and party, I would have never associated with anyone. But uh, so I told my wife, I said, man, we can't just keep this to ourselves. We've got to we've got to share this with other people. I've never, ever heard this before. (laughs) I mean, it just blew me away. But I believe that God used that to save me. And so, you know, from, you know, it's just uh, uh, the Lord just set a fire inside of me. And, and, you know, it's just been just been going ever since. And, um, you know, so I'm right now I'm the last couple of years I've been doing full time. I felt the Lord had put it on my heart to to give up my construction business that I had for about 28 years. And brother, I'll tell you what, anybody, it, it, you know, I'm sure every one of us can relate with this, that our ministries isn't just us, you know, the the easily the other half is my wife. Uh, there, there's absolutely no way I could do this without her. Um, but uh, but anyway, it just kind of took off from there, you know, uh, you know, some, some, you know, going to uh, the Ambassadors Academy with Ray Comfort and them uh, a couple of times in Hollywood. Then with Sports Fan Outreach, um, and so uh, yeah, here I am today, and you know, full time ministry. And uh, you know, also I just I just want to throw in there that if God gives you the work to do, He will give you the means in which you to do that.
0: You know, oh. um,
1: so I hope you can hear me all right. Is everything good as far as? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, we are all good. Yeah, so but anyway, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at today. And and uh, you know, I I uh you know, I was blessed to run across meeting uh Josh. Um gosh, I don't know how long it's been now, but uh God has really, really blessed me with uh with this relationship with this brother. He is just he is uh he's he's on fire for God and, and sometimes I feel lukewarm compared to this brother, but but yeah, so that's kind of where kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, that is definitely exciting. And it's 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 another thing to think that you're going to get teaching like that from TBN, right? From TBN, right. TBN. Because I, I came across Way of the Master on TBN too. It, it didn't say Way of the Master. It didn't say Living Waters. It said Kirk Cameron. Yeah. on 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 it and i said what what kirk cameron i remember him from like growing pains right you know and at that time i really didn't know much theologically or anything myself um and i didn't watch a lot of those guys on tbn but that's the only christian television i mean there's a lot of them now but that was like really the only christian television really? and so you 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 see it and i'm like this was pretty good actually you know it, but it you wouldn't think about it from tbn right
1: Blew me away, but God uses all different yeah. types of resources. We was talking about, just briefly, the Roman Catholics, and there's Catholic, there's truly saved people in these places, I mean, or that God saves out of this, right? Mm-hmm. And and He'll use, you know, I think, I, I can't remember the passage of Scripture right offhand, but Jesus had talked about the many different sheepfolds and then many different shepherds, but there's going to be one sheepfold and one shepherd. And I believe that that's where God draws those people from there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to go over to Josh, but I also want to come back and and I want to ask you about, you said you had a construction business and you've kind of made that decision to go full time in the ministry. So I want to talk to you about that a little bit as well, just to kind of encourage maybe those who are considering it, thinking about going full time um, or just kind of trying to weigh those things. And and obviously we know you're trusting in the Lord to provide, but I want to come back to you and, and talk a little bit about that in a minute. But Josh, This is your first time here on on G220 Radio, brother. Um, Why don't you go ahead and do the same, like share a little bit about yourself, um, how long you've been a Christian, how you came to know the Lord, and then getting into evangelism, getting out there on the streets and and sharing and proclaiming the good news. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah,
2: so I grew up in the church. My dad actually um, was a minister, a pastor. Growing up So Kind of had all the head knowledge um, You can just set that right here If you would babe Thanks uh, Had had the head knowledge Had the understanding Of the gospel Of um, Actually I, I, I probably couldn't have You know Regurgitated the gospel The full gospel um, But I had at least Some understanding Of the Bible um, Grew up in the church But Man it wasn't in the heart It was in the head And Um went off to university wasn't man just was living the party life the party scene um so really it wasn't until it was three three and a half years ago that god really opened my eyes i mean it was coming back home from a place i shouldn't have been um thinking up lies to tell my wife and Man, I was about to send her a text message as to where I was at, the lie. And man, just God hit me right then and there. He's like, Man, you're you're fake. You are, you know, you're a hypocrite, basically. Um so yeah, uh man, I, I ended up deleting the text I was gonna send my wife and I sent her the truth, told her exactly what was going on. And I didn't go home at that point. I actually went to a parking lot and just cried out to God all night long and just in true repentance. And man, God met me there. It was it was quite amazing. Wow. Um, and just the sin that was just had me bound. Yeah, it was it was God just helped me to to break that. Um, So, yeah, from that night, moving forward, having true repentance, true faith in Jesus Christ, man, I just opened the word of God and just started studying, studying the book of Romans. I just went through it with a fine tooth comb, you know, God, who are you and what is your gospel? And um, man, such a sweet time. I mean, I spent a good year of just solid every moment that I could. Just what what is this? What is your word saying? And just soaking up as much as I could. And after that year, I was like, man, I got to do something with this, this knowledge. I can't, I mean, I know so many of my friends and family that were the same way that I was living that lifestyle. Yeah. Head nod to God. God, I recognize that you're, you know, you are God, but live in my life the way I want to, you know, leaning on cheap grace. So yeah, it was just that, that call from God to take the message to friends, family, even the street, wherever wherever people, you know, find people. So that kind of started um, the evangelism portion, I guess, of of what I've been doing. I mean, for the first year, it was just one-on-one going downtown, Springfield, Illinois, just talking to homeless people or whoever would stop and talk. Um, And then in the Providence of God, I met Ken Heisel. It's a funny story. Uh, my wife got bit by a uh, a bug on her eyelid and it swelled up. So I took her to the, uh, the prompt care and I had to drop her off. I had all the kids in the car and I was driving around downtown Springfield and there was a street preacher on the side of the road and, you know, amplified and whatnot. I was like, all right, let me pull over. Let's see what's going on here. Let's make sure this is the right gospel. Lo and behold, it was Ken Heisel laying out the good news and, Man, so I, I uh, got out with all the kids and went over and started talking to him, and he kind of introduced me to the whole open air evangelism, and so kind of I've been doing that for what now a year and a half? I don't know, something like that. Yeah, probably, probably at least that I think at least a yeah, year probably. and a half, two years, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Isn't it isn't it amazing when you think about the providence of God, how he how he leads you? You know, I hear Josh, you're saying you grew up in this Christian home and then it really wasn't real to you in the sense that God had transformed your heart. Um, You had this head knowledge. But one of the questions I want to ask you is like, if you remember what, what led you, you said you was just going through Romans. What led you to go to go and dig into Romans? Was it uh, just the theologicalness of the book or was it just one of them things where I just opened up the Bible and that's where I landed? um i think yeah the
2: theology of the book of romans i mean i knew that that it had a lot of of meat to it to understanding um Mm
0: -hmm. you know the
2: gospels and and the theology so yeah i couldn't tell you exactly what led me to it but that is where i camped out for most of a year just Mm -hmm. you know going through it like i said with a fine tooth comb just trying to understand
0: yeah Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It yeah. is amazing, though. It is because, like, I grew up in church myself my whole life as a false convert. And mm-hmm. every time I would try to read the Bible, because as a false convert, I still had this sense like, I say I'm a Christian, like, I, I should read the Bible. And I would try to read, but there was no real desire for it. Like, I would read a little bit and, like, I'm tired, you know, and whatnot. But then when I got saved, it was just this wanting to consume. Amen everything that I could get my hands on or listen to because I wanted to know more. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I think that's something we can hope to encourage the listener, uh, is that, you know, when, when it's a genuine, uh, a, a repentance and a genuine faith, God changes your desires. So the things that you didn't desire before you now desire the things that of God that to you before were not something were are appealing to you, now it's appealing now you desire it. now you want to know him more you want to know his word and uh that's one of the evidences so you know of of a, a genuine fruit in an individual's life is that they will desire the things of god you know and so uh None. it's always exciting to hear that so you guys said it was been about a year and a half um or so or maybe a little longer that you've met ken well what was the you just did you get right out there and start evangelizing with him or or was there this process Remorse. of sitting down? And yeah, Um,
2: man, I think you invited me. What was it? The next week, maybe we went out um downtown Springfield, the old state capitol. And we had, I don't know, a group of four or five of us. And yeah, so I preached my first sermon. I got the little Paul Washer. I don't have one with me. Little Paul Washer booklet on the gospel. Great little Mm -hmm. booklet. And uh, yeah, I think I kind of used that to write a quick sermon a couple days beforehand and then preach the first
1: sermon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had mentioned we was out and uh, it was was like a week later. And so, uh, you know, I'd go to the Capitol and I'd go down there and preach weekly. And so he was, Josh was there. I made mention. I said, hey, man. I said, you know what? I'm planning on a trip to Las Vegas. And I said, if you know of anybody, you know, or if you want to go, you know, uh, I'm, I'm planning on going to Las Vegas and uh, doing some, you know, preaching on the strip and stuff. And he said, seriously. And he goes, I, I count me in, count me in. I have to check with my wife, but count me in on it. And I'm telling you, like, like Josh had mentioned, you know, he'd been going out and trying to talk to people and, and people at the homeless shelter and things like that and so on. I mean, this was like, wasn't it? Am I mistaken? But this was the first time that you would actually stepped out and preached yeah. as far as like in an environment like sure. the strip on, in Las Vegas. And so and, you know, Fremont in Las Vegas is, is another place that, brother, I'm telling you what, Fremont is like we was there on Halloween uh, last year, I think it was. And it was like walking through hell. I mean, mm. this place is I mean, this is Fremont Street in Las Vegas. But the first time. Uh, we went to Las Vegas and he preached down at Fremont and he preached on the strip and stuff. And this was like, wow, this is like one of the, you know, we'd done a little bit of, you'd done some open air there in Springfield, but I mean, yeah. Like this a real a,
0: introduction into some, that's right. some, oh, yeah. some
1: real, uh, a real setting
0: behind you there. Cause like yeah. Springfield's a, um it's, it's in Illinois, but it's a small city, right? It's a small community.
2: Yeah, hundred and twenty thousand maybe. So not.
0: Real mm, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, it was- but you guys,
0: you, you now, so you you went out to to Vegas then. We went, We're going to talk about some of your your you just recently went out to Vegas too, but um, so you also have Chicago. You guys get up to Chicago mm-hmm. pretty often. Yeah. I mean, you guys have a pretty decent over the years. I've seen a pretty decent Chicago evangelism team yeah. of
1: guys yeah. that get together. And Del Suter had been running that for years. He had been doing it before I had even hooked up with him, but uh, but yeah, we get the we get to Chicago, and, and in fact, we'll be planning a trip to go up there here pretty soon, I think. Yep.
2: Chicago, St. Louis, Indianapolis, all three of those cities really are Nashville. are within driving distance oh. for a one day, you know, drive up early, spend four or five hours evangelizing, then drive back.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: kind of a decent central location is where we're at: Springfield, Bloomington area.
0: Yeah. yeah so what what is the drive up to chicago
1: A two and a half hours I think. two and a half okay yeah, yeah like two and a half yeah. hours
0: yeah that's not bad at all that's a, a pretty decent uh little ride and um that's what's great you guys seem to be in like you just said there, josh in an area where you can kind of get to a lot of these different places within a few hours you mm-hmm. know and um makes it nice to be in a set in, in in an environment like that where you can just go this way that way or up here and and there you are with a bunch of other guys or in a in a bigger city, you know, where maybe events are going on. St. Louis, that's, I mean, me, I'm over here in Ohio and I went to basic training at Fort Lost in the woods, Fort Leonard Wood. <laughs> and I know that was for my family to drive down there. That was like a 15, 16 hour drive. Wow. So for you guys to be that close, that's, you know, pretty good to, you know, get into that city there and, and do some evangelism as well. <clears throat> yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. 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 Definitely a blessing.
1: Yeah. And Josh, man, I'll tell you what, Josh jumped in the car to drop of a hat, man. I'm telling you, if Nikki's okay with it, this brother yeah. will go everywhere all mm-hmm. of the time. I, you know, and uh, I just love it. I, I love his passion. I, I love, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just want to throw in something here. You know, Bill Adams had told me a long time ago, he says, you're not going to find the people that, to, to team up with you, to go out on the streets with you in your church. He said, "You may run across that every now and then, but it's pretty rare." He said, "You know Mm -hmm. where you're going to find them? They're going to find you on the street." And I'm telling you what—that stands true because all of the brothers, pretty much that I that I go out and do outreach with, are people that God called me to meet on the streets. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and uh, and that that is very that that that's a lot of truth to that.
0: Yeah. Well, I I know for me, I didn't really know there was a whole community, so to speak, of guys that were out evangelizing until um, I was listening to a podcast years ago, and uh, they were talking about the Kentucky Derby and sports fan outreach, and that's the first place I went to, um, which is the first time I ever met Ken, because the first time I went there, you were there, Uh, and that was probably eight years ago, I think, I think eight years ago uh, was the first time I went to the Derby. And, uh, I mean, just to see that there's so many other brothers that were out there that you could learn from and grow from and be encouraged by, uh, and then continuing to see new guys come along. Like I know, you know, Adam, Wright. I think you both may know Adam, Wright. Uh, up in, he's up in our area. He's kind of a little South of me. He's about an hour and something away in Canton area but um he's been doing the same thing just being faithful week in and week out and i've just enjoyed watching a team of guys now start to come around him and now we have a pretty decent size group of guys within the northeastern ohio area where we can get together for big events to go and evangelize together and just to see guys come like you said they, they find you you know what i mean and you start coming across people and it's like man here's Here's some more brothers that want to get out there and do that, Christ and it's God. very encouraging, right? Ken, I mean, that's that's encouraging, oh, especially when you're doing it by yourself for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, now you get together with some of those guys, you would go up to Chicago, but even in your own little hometown there, uh, mm-hmm. that's very encouraging.
1: Oh, it's very encouraging, yeah. You know, there's strength in numbers, brother. And it, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, this is it was never meant to be easy to go out and preach the gospel. You know, Ray Comfort had said he says the street preacher, he said he goes where he doesn't want to go. To preach a message that he doesn't want to preach to a people who does not want to hear it, but the love of Christ compels him. We mm-hmm. this is the work of the ministry. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, that's enjoyable the fellowship and to go out and the, to be to have the greatest job in the world to preach the gospel. But brother, it's not an easy thing to do. Right. I don't know. I mean, if I found somebody that said that it's just it's just easy and I, they just just have a blast with it, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what that feels like. You know, it does feel good to have the fellowship and all, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not saying that that I don't like what I do. I love what I do. Right. But not an easy thing. I mean, that's right. You know, so.
0: Yeah, I think I think a way of trying to explain that to someone who may be someone who has not been out to evangelize like that is that there is a joy that you get. There is an encouragement oh, you get when you leave uh, from out evangelizing, like you said, the fellowship with brothers and then just you leave and the interactions you've had, you feel encouraged by it. You know, the That's Lord right. uses it to grow your faith, to encourage you, but getting there often is a battle, you know, cause we yeah. don't wrestle against spirit, like physical things. We wrestle against, you know, the, the spiritual warfare that, that goes on. And I, I don't know how many times I try to talk myself out of going somewhere, <laughs> you know. Like especially if I'm going by myself, I'm like, do I really want to go to the college today? You know, I could stay home. I could get this done. I could do this. Um, but then when I go and I get out there and I get past the the nerves and I'm praying, saying, Lord, please give me the boldness to to share the gospel, to hand some tracks out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> you leave encouraged, you know, and and you you feel great about being able to get out there and share the good news because you do, like you said, Ken, you, you genuinely care for these people. It's the love of Christ that compels you to see uh, lost people uh, reached with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that really is an encouraging thing, but it is it is a battle to get out there. It's not an easy, an easy task to do. And uh, I just posted it on my, my social media today. It's one of those things where the unbelievers think you're this extremist you know, a religious nut um, and professing Christians, they always think you're doing it wrong, you know? And, and so it's like, it's like you said, it's this message that nobody wants to hear or they think you're doing it the wrong way. But yet we know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the words of Christ. And so we preach the gospel being not ashamed of it, knowing that it is to the Jew first, also to the Gentile, that God is going to use it to draw men unto himself. And so we preach it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing in ourselves that that attracts a person to the gospel, not my personality or man, my winsomeness, but man, it's it's God through the proclamation, his Holy Spirit through the proclamation of his gospel. Faithful to that. God. God.
0: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So Ken, I wanted to bounce back to, um, you said, you know, I know this was a couple years ago. Um, I also want to ask you too, you used to have this uh, motorcycle that would pull around. Like, I don't know if it was a hearser or, <laughs> or it was like the evangelism wagon. Um, but, uh, you, you had a construction business and then you went full time into, you know, ministry here, maybe share just, you know, briefly a, a little bit, share about, how you made that decision as you said you know because that involves your wife your family as well and so there may be somebody that's considering this i know a lot of guys that do evangelism and they're like i would love to go full-time and so maybe you can share a little bit of your insight you know into doing
1: that uh with them well brother i'll tell you what i gotta start off by saying i'm living the dream it's just not the american dream and this one lasts forever um you know, I I've been self-employed for 28 years, like I say, and you know it takes a it takes a godly woman to let you be self-employed for 28 years, brother. So I mean, that's before even getting, but uh, but you know, I've been doing evangelism and stuff for right around 15 years, and uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago. I think it was probably two and a half, uh, three years ago now. You know, I had mentioned to her. I said, you know, I really feel that God has put it on my heart to go full-time. You know, I tried to talk the Lord out of it. I'm telling you, I was like, <laughs> look, I, you know, I can do the business part-time and I can do evangelism part-time. In fact, my, uh, a couple of my sisters actually thought I was doing full-time when I was still, you know, still had my business and stuff I was doing. You know, I was going out a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so when I told one of my sisters, you know, I said, yeah, I'm, you know, i giving up the business and stuff and going full-time. And she said, well, I thought you was going full-time anyway. But, uh, but i felt like the Lord had put it on my heart and and I resisted and resisted and resisted because I was like, man, I just, you know, I trusted the Lord brother, but I was like, I don't know that I want to, you know, I mean, I can go out and I can make money and support, you know, doing outreach, but it just got to the point to where I really felt like I was living in disobedience. I mean, I really did. I felt like the Lord was, had, had whenever I'd go out and I'd do a job and I could make good money. I mean, I could make real good money and, um you know, was, I, I just, you know, it, the Lord didn't speak to me in an audible voice or anything, but I felt like, like the Holy spirit was impressing upon me that I can get anyone to go out and do this. Anyone, I can get anyone to go and do this kind of work. What, what I'm, what I'm, you know, what I'm wanting you to do is to go and to preach the gospel full time. And that's really what I felt in my spirit. And so I resisted it for a long time, but, uh, you know, the Lord just began to open doors. My mother-in-law, um, you know, asked if my wife and I would consider, and it's just my wife and I, so we don't have any children, but, uh, uh so, uh, if we'd consider moving in with her and helping her with the expenses, well, there's, there's something that I didn't want to do <laughs> by any means, you know, I mean, I was used to having my own home and everything else. And, and, uh, so, so I said, I'll consider it. And so, you know, it took a couple of years before we actually agreed to do that, but it was, there's, there was sacrifices that had to be made. God doesn't just, I mean, you know, it's like, well, you know, if I come into this amount of money, then I'll do it. Well, where does that faith, you know, I mean, how does that really work your exercise, your faith to do that? I never see that anywhere in scripture, uh, but it's people like, you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm just mentioning Elisha because I was just reading about him. You know, Elisha had you know had burned up all of his equipment and had a big had a big barbecue. You know what I'm saying? He got rid of everything. Now there's those that that God would have to to work and 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 to go. But I felt like God wanted me to do that, and so um, so you know I I prayed about it. Felt like that's what God wanted me to do. And my wife, um, you know, it was scary for both of us. It was very scary for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she works a full-time job and, and she enjoys her job and all. And, uh, you know, so I was like, well, as much as I, as much as I hope that I, you know, I hope I'm not wrong about this. So I ended up selling all, all of my equipment and, uh, um, uh, giving up my business uh, that i had had for, for, like I say, so many years, you know, 28 years and, uh, just started went full-time and you know which josh has heard most all of this him and i've got so many road miles together um but uh but but i trusted the lord with it brother and look nobody starts up you don't go to work for somebody like like i believe you you work for the government right and you don't you don't go and supply what you need to go and do your job they supply that for you you know you don't you don't go and supply it and so when you think about the ministry you know uh Uh, Who was it, Uh, uh, George Mueller? I believe it was George Mueller. You know, he said, "I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this, this, uh, this, uh, you know, this orphanage, but I'm not going to ask anybody for the funds, but you." And uh, and God supplied his needs. He, he always did. God is faithful. Now, if God, if God's calling you to 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 do this, you know, make sure you know, pray about it. I resisted it for the longest time. I mean, did I want to go full time? Yeah, I did. But but uh, I didn't want to make a stupid decision either. I didn't want to like put my and um, and so I you know God just it just wouldn't go away and so I did it. I stepped out and I'm not a great man of faith or anything like that. You know I mean but but it was like I trusted the Lord and I'm telling you brother I God is faithful. You know I mean even when we make mistakes God is still faithful you know you have you have some children and and Josh has ch- children I, I'm not sure if Mike does or not but but yeah, uh, you know if your child comes to you and they, and and they try to do something to to, to because they think that that's going to be something that is pleasing to you I don't get me wrong I know there's flakes out there and there's people who do all kinds of goofy stuff but but I'm talking about they genuinely what they did was they really felt that that was going to bless you i mean there's there's an element of that 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 that, that you honor, I mean, no doubt about that being apparent, and so so um, I don't think we should make stupid decisions. I think we should pray about it, fast and 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 ask the Lord to to give us clarity. But there, there's an element, a very big element, of faith that you're going to have to step out on. It, it, you're just going to have to, because that's that's that that goes with the program. I mean, you up and look at any any of that in in God's word, and so. But from my experiences, um, you know, I, I, I just, like I say, you know, God, God gave me the work to do. And, brother, there is not an outreach. There is not an event. There is nothing. I have people say, I've been to London six times for rugby, cricket, all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is boasting in the Lord. I make my boast in him. Um, and so uh, I didn't want to go the first time. But Bill kept staying at me. You know how Bill is, you know, Bill, was persistent. He stayed at me. So I went ahead. I said, brother, if you got a copy of a letter I can send out, I'll do it. Didn't think anything was going to go through. Right. And uh, uh, the money came through. I've, I've gone six times and people are saying, well, you know, as like, asked my wife, well, is there more centers in England than there is in America? I said, you know what? That's a good question. You know, I don't do what I do because there's more sinners somewhere. You know, I do what I do because God opens the door for me to do it, and mm-hmm. and you you I walk through that door. Um, so I don't know, brother. It's just you know, it's not that I have some great amount of faith or anything like that. You know, I think the spiritual warfare can be pretty strong. You know, the spirit, the battle is in the you know spiritual realm. Right. Uh, and that can be tough, but uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, God is faithful.
0: I'm sure it's increased your faith as well, because yeah. you, you have to, you know, there there's a there's a, a childlike faith that we have when we come to, to faith in Christ, uh, this just trusting completely that God is going to provide, he's going to take care of. Um, but as you said, when you're running your own business, or you're working, and you're providing for your family, and, and you're providing a f- financial support, and then there's this thought that, okay, I'm going to walk away from this and I have to trust that the Lord is going to provide every month to bring to, you know, to, to, to be able to support the things that I've, I've had before. Now, again, to some degree, as you mentioned, there, there may be some sacrifices, you know, we don't, sometimes I think we living in America, you know, and this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't a, uh, Uh, what is it a radical kind of David Platt type you know you got to give everything away but there are some sacrifices we can make in our lives to you know for the the benefit of of getting the gospel out or for the kingdom you know what I mean a little less of things that we maybe desire and just having the needs met and being able to provide for more missionaries or you know give support to
1: someone who's going to go and evangelize somewhere right you know and seek first the kingdom of god brother i'm telling you what he doesn't you don't and i'm not saying there isn't times that you don't go through times of trial and testing right but god is a good father i mean you know like i say i don't have any kids i have nieces that are like my sister like or like my sister like my daughters you know i'd do anything for them right and i'm telling you I am not a pauper. I'm not begging for bread. And I'll tell you, and, and, and I say this because I want you to, to know that it isn't like, okay, well, I've reached some plateau now to where I have these finances that come in. I mean, the ministry works off of $200 a month that that people have committed to. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is like $200. And, and all the rest of the things that I need, God brings it in when I need it. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, Brother uh, Josh and I, we had Las Vegas set up, right? And, and I'll let you share that if you would, Josh. You don't have to mention who uh, uh, the name of the guy, which I know you won't anyway, but but, but just share that testimony real quick about that trip.
2: Um, yeah, actually it was, well, we put together the trip kind of last minute. Um, we got a good deal on it, good flights and good hotels for being last minute. I don't even think it was a week out when we booked it. And, um, yeah, we had a generous donation by somebody that covered the flights and the hotels for for that trip, so yeah, God is faithful, and, and for both of us, yeah,
1: yeah, just yeah, for both of us. What a what a blessing. made the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, wow. And God just does that; He just works mm-hmm. that way, brother. And he, I, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again, and it's like, you know, like in this day and an age, peace and joy is something that I'm is, I mean, you can't hardly find. But the more that you trust the Lord, brother, the more peace you have and the more joy you have. And I'm telling you, I'm experiencing that firsthand. Like I say, you know, I was mentioning to you just about that thing uh, about the doctrine. So I don't I, I don't care. It just doesn't matter to me because I know my father has this under control. Yeah. And so I don't worry about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I have that peace because if because the Lord, he, he meets every need that we have. And I don't. You know, I I love it. And like you said, you know, the more that you trust him and the more that you the more you see the Lord come through, you know, like, remember the woman at the well, you know, she goes back and she tells him and they they come and they listen to Jesus. They said, you know, and I'm just going to paraphrase him. But but, you know, they said at first we came because of what you said. But now we believe because we've seen for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You see? And so, you know, um, I just I don't worry about. I don't worry about my, my grip on this life is very, very loose mm-hmm. because I know my father's got it taken care of, you know, and I love it. So yeah. I yeah, praise all
0: night. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that, brother. Uh, yeah. I can, I can <laughs> hear the excitement and the joy in your, in your uh, sharing there with us. Um, J- Joshua, uh, yeah. now we're talking about Vegas here. You guys have gone, you've had uh, someone donate to pay for you guys to get there. What a, what a blessing that is. Yeah. Tell me about Vegas here, because uh, I, I seen a few videos. I saw the picture of uh, Ken talking to a guy there that was uh, in tears, you know, as he heard the preaching. But tell me a little bit about Vegas here, and and uh, some of the experiences you guys had out there, some of the stories that you could share that would encourage uh, the listeners to get out there and evangelize. Because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know the Derby's said to be a, a pretty um vile kind of place but you think of vegas i mean isn't that known for being sin city yeah. right so uh tell us a little bit about it brother
2: yeah well by the grace of god we've been out there four times now for evangelism and man i think our hearts are i, I love vegas it's like every city we go to though i mean it's just a new found love for that city the people there you know mm-hmm. so when we're away from Vegas for very any length of time, it just, man, I was like, man, I got, I want to go back. I just got to evangelize. Um, but Vegas is great. I mean, it's a lot of tourists there. So you've got people coming from all over the, the, um, the country, all over the world to basically live it up for a weekend or a week at a time. I mean, they're there to indulge in every debauchery that, man can think of every sin that you can think of Um, so evangelizing there it's I think it's unique in that people a lot of people are coming expecting shows expecting to be entertained so I think evangelizing on the streets in the open air lifting up the gospel in some ways, people are more accepting of that just because of the environment. I mean, they are there on vacation. That's not their hometown. You know, what are you doing in my hometown? It's, mm-hmm. no, I'm coming to Las Vegas. So maybe this is what they do there. So they'll be more apt to have a conversation, it seems. Um, so, yeah, just having those conversations with people from, like like we said, all over the world, um, just in hopes and prayers that the gospel is taken back all over the country, all over the world. Um, But not only that, but the locals, a lot of homeless people there, a lot of people, a lot of street people. Um, In fact, there's tunnels underneath the city that are drainage tunnels. I mean, it's in the desert, but when it rains, it rains and it washes um, through the city. So they built these drainage tunnels underneath the city to keep the water off the streets and a lot of people live in those tunnels a lot of homeless people Mm. and um so i mean it's you're not only evangelizing to tourists but even homeless people to a lot of the locals that live there um that you know are working in the entertainment industry and you know cleaning up the streets and and whatnot um So, yeah, just a lot of opportunities of evangelism. It's not just, you know, going out in the wild parties at night, you're evangelizing. I mean, I think one of my favorite times of evangelizing is getting up super early in the morning and just going out on the street and doing one-on-one evangelism with people that might still be out from the night before, people that are out, you know, cleaning the streets up, um, that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. I guess one quick story um a lady Elizabeth Ken and I went out this was a couple trips ago we went out early on a Sunday morning and Sunday's our last full day of evangelism so we go out and the streets are still dirty you know beer cans stuff garbage all over the place so we go out and we stop in front of this hotel this casino hotel. And this woman approaches us and she kind of seemed like she was coming down from a high, probably, probably a little drunk. She had a beer in her hand and she just very sweetly, very tenderly, just, you know, guys, can you help me with money? And she may have been even propositioning propositioning us in, in that request. Um, but I mean, it was, man she was just broken. You could tell. I mean, she was just at the end of just this life that's spiraling out of control and drugs Mm. and alcohol and abuse. I can only imagine. Um, and we were able to share the gospel with her and I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I was in tears, you know, when she left just because knowing the life that she's living, um, and just praying that God really just opens her eyes to the gospel. So, yeah, we just we just pray for moments like that, you know, tender moments. Mm. Where we can truly, you know, maybe maybe the sin of Sin City has broken somebody down to the point where they recognize that, Man, I'm not going to find the meaning of life here in Las Vegas or in the bottle or, or pills or whatever. And then we can come in and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Can any uh, stories from Vegas there you'd want to share?
1: Well, you know, uh, that was really something that Josh had caught that clip. Um, you know, because really, if I had the camera on him, we'd have have a whole lot of different stories to talk about. I mean, he he interacts with people a, a whole lot more than me. I'm an introvert by nature. You know, I have to step out of my comfort zone. And uh, but uh, but as I was preaching that little clip that you had seen there. Um, you know, I've had people actually break out, you know, crying uh, probably five times in all the time that I've been doing evangelism, but this guy, (laughs) this guy, his name was Michael and and he's, and I'm preaching, you know, you see that little clip there and he comes up and he throws his stuff down on the sidewalk and he says, I'm sick of, I'm tired of living this way. I can't live this way anymore. I don't, I don't want to live this way anymore. And he sits down on the steps and, and I think he had kind of a. Uh, religious upbringing, you know, and, you know, religion, you know, to me can, it, it just, it, I, I don't know. I, th- I talk to people, you know, like you guys are, are really, and I, I know, you know, how blessed you are to be, to be saved out of, you know, maybe believing something something or, or just being lukewarm or whatever, but there's so much false teachings out there that it really damages people from wanting to come to Christ at all you know and and this guy uh, apparently had some religious upbringing and um you know i'd asked him if you know if if he hadn't just had a brief talk with him before he was before he left but this guy was i mean he was sobbing like i mean i've i've never seen anyone crying like this i mean it was just it was just amazing and that really stood out with us but uh but, you know, I just uh, I just pleaded with him to come to Christ, you know, um, to to truly trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender his life and will to him. Um, so, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, just 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 trusting that the Lord will bless the seed that was sown there. Um, you know, some of these street people, you know, they've heard the gospel so many times they could read it, repeat it back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you never know when it is that God's right. going to be going to reach those folks, you know. And uh, you know, I'm sure glad that he had had mercy on me and yeah. was patient with me. And so uh but yeah, so you know, they the souls are out there, and these people are street sleeping on the sidewalk yeah. at 102, 103 degrees, brother. I'm telling you, wow. it was hot in Las Vegas, but but anyway, um, you just go where the Lord opens up the doors for you to go and you just do what the master, the work the master gives you, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Wow. And that's that's the the wonderful thing about the sovereignty of God, the providence of God is you could hear the gospel 20,000 times and not respond to it. And then that next time you hear it, God just does yep. something in your heart.
1: Well, I would went to church for years, you know, and <clears throat> great comfort material. You know, I, I that was the time for me.
0: Yeah. And that, that's why you never know. Like when you continue, we, we would go to preterm. It's the abortion center here. And there's a guy that comes out there. I'm thankful that he goes out there. Um, he's a, he's a, a very fundamental kind of uh, KJV only kind of always talking about end time stuff out there. Right. And one time we were preaching to the death squads going in and he said, don't give them the gospel. Their hearts are too hard. And we looked at him and said, "But that's what God does. He breaks hard hearts.
2: Amen.
0: You know, and, and so you never know. Now, we haven't seen... Much turnover from these death squads that are out there, right. but you don't know. You could go out there for years and years and years. You, you could pass on, and then that person comes to faith because one plants, another waters, right. and but God is the one that brings that increase. And we don't know the appointed time or date. We don't know who the elect are. So we just continue to proclaim the gospel, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's one of the things. So so homeless people need the gospel. People coming in and out of casinos need the gospel. People that are there just having a, a blast partying, they need the gospel. Everyone, regardless of your uh, economic status, you know, or your, wherever you are, you need the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that can save people. So, it's just it's one of those great things. Now, you guys had talked about in in one of those videos you made there, where you was walking through and talking about wanting to get people together together to go out there. Now. Why don't you just throw that out there for, you know, some people that maybe connect with you guys and possibly uh, next time you go, maybe some some brothers will join you.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I'll just say going to Las Vegas is actually financially pretty cheap compared to going to other places, other cities. A lot of times you can find, you know, deals on flights and hotels for man, probably half of where you could go anywhere else. So it's pretty inexpensive. Typically, the way that we do it, um, I'll take a Friday off work. I've got Saturday, Sunday off. I'll take a Monday off. So it's a four-day trip. We'll leave Friday, typically what, around 12 o'clock midday Friday. Um, It's a three and a half hour flight from us, but um, so we'll get there. We'll kind of get situated in a hotel and a lot of times we'll stay in a hotel like a casino hotel right there on Las Vegas Boulevard. I mean, the reason we do that, not only is there great opportunities to witness right there in the hotel, um, but man, you just walk right out the front doors and that's the mission field right there. You're there. You don't have to go far to, to find people to evangelize to. So we'll get in Friday afternoon, get situated in the hotel, pray. Um, then go out on the streets and evangelize and we'll, evan- you know, we'll stay out till whatever time, not super late because people get crazy when you get too late, but then we'll go back to the hotel, spend all day Saturday evangelizing, you know, we'll take breaks here and there. And, um, then all day Sunday, we will go to church sometimes if we can, uh, this last time we, we felt led to, uh, just evangelize instead of going to a church. But then, um, yeah, then we'll typically leave early Monday morning and fly home. We'll catch like a six o'clock flight in the morning. So, yeah, we would love to have people either if you're in our area, you know, we could catch the same flights or wherever you're at. We can just get our schedule together and meet
1: in Las Vegas. And, and if us. they messaged us and we, we could have them, we could let them know when when we was planning on going again. And and. Yeah. You know, the whole the whole thing, because it is it's a great place to go and preach the gospel. You, you we could take an army of believers. Oh, we could man. take an army yeah. of, of evangelists and not run out of places to, to evangelize. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Then so then if anybody's watching or they or they're listening uh, via the podcast, when this comes out in that format, uh, if you look up Ken Heisel on uh, Facebook, you'll have to find him as Ken Evangelist. That's his uh, right. handle on Facebook. Or Joshua Payne, um, <clears throat> you look these brothers up, connect with them. You're going to want to do that early so you can start to plan for it, however long in the future that will be. Or you can just reach out to us here at G220 Radio, and we'll connect you uh, with these two brothers as well. But uh, definitely an opportunity to get out there and evangelize. And it's always good to uh, uh, you know, get a group of guys together because as you was talking about, Ken, earlier, just the fellowship, the bond mm-hmm. that you have with brothers – it's it's kind of like me and mike's been in the military i don't know if either one of you have ever served in the uh, military or not but on both of you. well th- yeah. you're welcome but like one of the things that happens when you serve with guys is you build this bond like the bond of brothers right sure. and uh i'm telling you the same thing happens in evangelism and it's even deeper because you are not just these brothers in arms but you are brothers in arms for the Lord. This is an eternal thing. You're going to be with these guys forever, and and just the fact that you're laboring together and 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 growing uh, in your your uh, friendships with with these brothers, uh, it's a wonderful thing. So, I'm telling you, if you can get together with these guys or meet them, even if it's not to Vegas, if you get out to Chicago or Springfield, there. Uh, wherever it may be. I know they're traveling to St. Louis, Springfield. I, I've seen you up in Washington, D.C. Ken's all over the place, you know, and 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 Joshua's now been with him for a year and a half or, or a little longer. And these brothers are, are out there doing it for the Lord, evangelizing uh, to bring glory to God and, and see lost souls saved. And so thank you guys for what you guys are doing, evangelizing the lost, encouraging us uh, who are seeing these, these uh, posts that you put out there. Um, it's it's encouraging to see and it helps us to stay encouraged to get out and share the gospel
1: well brother you you guys are an encouragement to me so i'll tell you what i i look up to you Ricky um you know and uh yeah you definitely keep doing what you're doing brother because it's an encouragement to others you guys uh you guys are doing a great thing you know with uh with this radio uh facebook live and youtube live just uh yeah it's a blessing man you're you're an encouragement yeah. Well, thank you. All right, so Joshua,
0: before we we've got about four minutes left in the program, I uh, want to give you any last words that you would want to share, anything that maybe we you you wanted to to express, um, and then if you could just close us out with the gospel.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, we're looking at possibly doing a January trip to Vegas. I don't think I said that or or Ken did. Um, January in Vegas looks like about sixty degrees. During the day, Um, it's when it's super hot in the summer, like even this past trip, mid-September, it was 104 degrees some days. So it was it's hard to be out there in the heat of the sun. So when we go out and probably be January, this next trip would be a perfect weather. Um, But yeah, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, we are born not right with God, dead in sins and transgressions is, is what we're told. Um, man, we are spiritually not accepted to God as we are. We, we have nothing in ourselves to bring to God. And man, God, in his infinite love and mercy, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to do what we can't do to live that perfect life that we can't live, Um, and He did. He lived the spotless life, the spotless Lamb of God is Jesus Christ. And man, His righteousness, not mine, that we're saved by. He went to the cross, He died for our sins, for those who believe in Him. Man, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, shall not die, but have eternal life. So Jesus, man, he lived that perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins, those who believe in him. And he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the grave. And man, he is now seated at the right hand of God. All power and authority has been given to him. Man, he is Lord. He is Savior. So this offer, this offer of salvation is for man, is for all of creation, no longer just for the Jews, man. It's for, for all, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. So, man, look to Jesus Christ today, because I'm telling you, I was blind. These other men here, blind, unable, unable to see God truly as Savior. Jesus is Lord and Savior, but God in his infinite love and mercy opens the eyes of the blind to see Jesus as beautiful as who he is. Savior, Lord, Savior. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, it, ah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And Jesus says, those who love me keep my commandments, right? Man, I can't keep my commandments, his commandments, without loving him. And that's what he does. He changes our hearts. Like Ricky said earlier, he changes our desires to where, as the psalmist says, we delight ourselves in the Lord.
0: Mm. So
2: that's what God does, man. He changes that that heart of stone. So we delight in him and we see Jesus as just absolutely beautiful. So I know we only have a minute left, but do you see Jesus Christ as beautiful? As Ricky said before, do you look at his word and you say, man, man, this is my bread. This is I, I hunger and thirst after after God. After righteousness, his righteousness. So look to Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. 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 Well, brothers, I want to thank you guys for coming on the program tonight. Uh, It's truly a blessing. uh, You know, uh, continuing to pray for you guys as you go out and evangelize, whatever the setting may be, whether it's Vegas, Chicago, uh, wherever you guys are at. uh, uh, May God continue to bless you and to grow you in your evangelism efforts to reach more for the lost, even when you don't see it, know that God is faithful and we are just to be continuously faithful to the call. So God bless you for your witness for Christ. That's been G220 radio for tonight and next week. Tune in. And I'm not even sure what we're talking about next week, but me and Michael worked that out. Um, but tune in. Cause we are only a few weeks away from our 500th episode. Uh, and you want, aren't going to want to miss that. We've got a couple former host that'll be back with us and you're gonna enjoy it so god bless and good night